Kraken Fancast, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken. All right, everybody, welcome to the Kraken Fancast, episode number four. Uh, we're so excited to keep moving with this uh, wonderful time that we're having in Seattle Kraken land. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with uh, my colleague, Jim Cockrell, and Elite Chelios, who's coming up a little bit later. Nathan Gunderson has the night off. Cheers to our producer, Jay Middleton. Uh, you can find our fan cast always on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, and occasionally also a video podcast on YouTube. Now, we usually wait another week before. We just had a fan cast recently, so we usually wait a couple of weeks. This is meant to be twice a month. But there is so, so much going on in Seattle Kraken world that we can't wait any longer. We, of course, had the expansion draft on July 21, which was at the time for our third episode. And the first one we did live at the Angry Beaver Bar over in Greenwood area of Seattle. It was our two-hour marathon broadcast. We're not usually going to do them quite that long, but that was a special day. And you can find that on the Kraken Fancast YouTube channel, as well as our Spotify and Apple podcast pages. And uh, because of that, also, I want to uh, thank big, big time thanks to Tim Pipes and his staff for all the hospitality. Um, much thought and even a few moves have happened since that draft happened. And we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll also talk about the NHL entry draft, which happened two days later. That is the draft of the amateur players from various junior leagues and colleges. Um, all NHL teams participate in that draft every year. Uh, the Kraken had the second pick of the first round and the third pick in the subsequent rounds. They made some notable and perhaps even some debatable moves on that day. We'll discuss what happened there. And if that's not all enough, on our taping day today, as we tape this on July 28, you're listening to us like two, three days later, but on July 28, it was the opening of NHL free agent season. Players who were not able to or not interested in resigning with their re most recent teams, they were available to negotiate with other teams to get the best deals and or team situations for themselves. Seattle Kraken made three very notable moves today. One incredibly notable one. We'll get to all of those. And they could make some more in the coming days. We'll talk all about that as well. So let's start with even though this is I'm kind of going backwards uh, chronology here, we'll talk a little bit about the free agency stuff first because that this is these are some big splashes they made. Now on Tuesday night, the Colorado Avalanche found a way to keep their player uh, Gabriel Landeskog, player that we were really hoping would come to Seattle. There was some rumors, but that didn't happen. He uh, he they were able to time up before he hit the free agent market. That might have uh, who knows taken up a little bit too much money for them. Because all of a sudden, their star goalie, Philip Grubauer, his asking price was a little bit too much for them. And all of a sudden, he was available. And all of a sudden, out of left field, most of us, not all of us, Grubauer ended up signing a six-year, $35.4 million deal to leave a Stanley Cup contender. Colorado, they, they're up there. And he's leaving them to come to NHL's newest franchise, the Seattle Kraken. He was a finalist for the Visitor Trophy, which is awarded every year to the league's top goaltender. Uh, pundits will have different opinions, 
but I think most of us would all agree he is a top five goalie in the NHL. And when you have an opportunity to sign up a top five goalie in the NHL, you do it. And that's what Ron Francis and his team did. So between you know having Grubauer and Chris Dreger, the Kraken will have a uh, 9.4 million uh, in cap space locked into these two great goalies. Grubauer is 29, Dreger's uh, 27. Feeling very good about our goalie court. Um, also, they got a fellow by the name of Jaden Schwartz. This was rumored. This has been coming. This has been a rumor for a few days, and it did come to fruition. He got a five-year deal. It had a $5.5 million cap hit. He's a 29-year-old player who played uh, most of his uh, career with the St. Louis Blues. Um, also today, we got Alexander Winberg. He signed to the Seattle Kraken, 26-year-old left-shooting center who had stint in Columbus and most recently Florida. He signed a three-year $13.5 million contract, uh, which is 4.5 uh, annual average value. So uh, these, these are all really notable players. Now Schwartz, he's been a great player for most of his career, but he's getting a little older. He's been dealing with injury issues. And if you look at the numbers, his production has been on a bit of decline uh, recently, but is he healthier now? Will a change of scenery do him good? We're gonna to touch on some things on that. I think it gives us a good feeling that he will. Um, also Winberg, he's an interesting guy. He's coming from the Florida Panthers after a few years in Columbus. Uh, he had uh, just had the best goal scoring season of his career in the 2020-21 season uh, with 17 total. It was his first year he had more goals and assists. It was interesting. He fit with that Panther team quite well, kind of in a different role. He was more of a setup guy with the Blue Jackets. He was, uh, he was tons of assists on that team, but not a lot of goals. So interesting to see uh, how he'll fit in with the Kraken, but a lot, a lot of people are feeling good about that signing. So Jim Cockrell. Yes. As Everything, there are pundits and various people in the league with varying degrees of enthusiasm about these moves. How enthusiastic are you? I'm uh, very happy. Uh, I'll start by saying I'm on vacation. So I'm trying to enjoy vacation, but I'm also taking a look every once in a while at what's going on. Well, looking at hockey can be vacation like too. This is for fun, right? That's right. So even before free agency, I was happy with the roster as it looked on paper. I knew there was going to be some moves, probably at least three. I said before, from expansion day, I love the decor. I'm fine there. Even at the tenders at 2-1-Bs, I was happy and ready to roll with that. But I always knew our forward was light down the middle for sure. So I was hoping we'd concentrate on that. But come FA day saw the early you know Schwartz talking last night and I was like okay that'll work on the left side he's a solid player you know he's a half a point per game average he can get some power play time he had an incredible Stanley Cup playoffs in 19 he had 20 points he's an 18 minute guy time on ice you know that automatically puts him up in the second line role decent shooting percentage he's got a good 50 percent takeaway giveaway ratio so I was happy with that uh, but it hadn't quite gone through. They were talking about it for quite some time. Then fast forward to this morning and started hear, hearing the Wimberg, uh rumors. And I like that kid. I've always have um, decent size, 6'2". Might as well round him up to two bills. You know, he's a half a point a game guy as well. He's decent time on ice. He can almost split with any second line center or even third back and forth. He's a Selkie type player. He's a plus player. He, he will get some power play time. 
His face off could probably use a little work. So that's another thing I was concerned about. If we need to hit that 50 percentile on the face off, I was almost hoping for uh, a couple other options, but I'm pleased with that as a center option. I know he's got some power play time under his, you know, any of these guys that are pulling 18 minutes, 17 minutes a game on their previous clubs, when they get here, it's going up no matter what. So it's going to be, there's going to be some battles between line two and three for sure. And I think the, the guys, the centers are going to be very close to each other. Same with power play units. Uh, they'll both easily hit the second power play unit for sure. More importantly, both these guys are on the plus side of the puck. They both are defensively responsible. So that's huge. You know, it's a huge game. And then, of course, right around all this time, all of a sudden, bam, here comes Grubauer out of nowhere, like left field. I'm going, now, wait a minute. This Nobody's been talking about this. I caught the tweet like 53 seconds after I saw it. I was like, what? And everybody was flipping out about it. Yeah, I had a double take on it. Wait a minute. That's not the goal, yeah. is it? That was my first thing. It was early in the morning. I'm like, what? Oh. Yeah. So I started doing, looking, dabbling deeper into that. And I'm like, wow, they, they actually signed him. And I thought, okay. And then I instantly thought, look, that wasn't in the plans, but it came to be because of the two big signings between McCarr and Landy. And, you know, those guys all of a sudden are out $16 million on the cap and they got to look at their tender and <laughs> there you go. So he's free. We sign. And how can, I mean, geez, now you definitely have a 1A and a 1B and a fresh younger 1A that's not some retired vet that's going to pull backup minutes. He's going to be your starter. I think they'll battle well together. I'm sure if he has a uh, plays three hot games and has a bad night, I, they won't hesitate to bring in Dreger, you know, and he may go on a couple game rolls. So I'm happy. Yeah, I can't help but think that Chris Dreger was pretty much thinking, you know, he's probably going to be a starter and maybe not so fast right now. But uh, and subsequently, of course, this is one of the this caused one of the three trades that they've made already we had you know three expansion draft picks who will never play a game or at least not oh yeah anytime soon with seattle crack and vitek vanacek uh interestingly going back to the washington capitals as the former team not now as current back to his current team crazy uh, for a second rounder in 2023 that's it i mean second round is a great pick it's in 2023 hopefully that's a deep draft i have no idea yeah and of course you know, all the pundits are talking about, well, why didn't they just take Dylan and do the same and get the two second round draft picks? Like, it's all hindsight. You can't be pulling that. The bottom line is, is, you know, he saw it happen. They made a quick move. They got him. And then they just put VV back. So it's, it was a good deal. I don't think it was a, it'll, you know, it might come off as a cutthroat situation, but it really wasn't. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it makes it all more exciting. Uh, there is some offense here. Finally, I mean, there is enough offense. And Yanni Gord is going to be, he's probably not going to start for a while with his injury and everything. So, yeah, people were having a lot of meltdowns about it. I think at least maybe they're feeling a little bit better about it. Uh, I, I am. I mean, I was pretty, pretty pleased with, with the expansion draft overall. And uh, know that there are going to be more moves, not only just free agent moves today. We, we could see some more. There are still some other guys. Yeah, Ronnie was quoted as saying we're not done. So he did. He did say that. And, and sort of your point about the, you know, the surprise about Grubauer. I mean, I just just before we started taping today, you know, I was hearing uh, his press conference from a little er earlier today. And, uh, you know, he pretty much implied that this was, you know, they weren't foreseeing Grubauer being available. Just the, the vibe was that he's going to re-sign with Colorado. Uh, and so why they made, you know, certain moves that they did, uh, they probably would have been fine with Vanacek and, and Breger pretty well. But then when something comes out of the sky and you've got plenty of money in your pocket and you can make a deal, 
as I said earlier, you, you get it. How can you not do that? Yeah, I think it was brilliant. Absolutely. Um, besides this, what happened today, which has been really exciting, let's maybe go back a little bit, rewind a little bit to the NHL entry draft. Now, these are all young players, and we might not see them for a year or two or three or ever in a Kraken uniform. Uh, it's just like, you know, the drafts in a lot of other sports. You know, not everybody's going to make it. But uh, you do kind of figure maybe your first few picks will. And then sometimes there are even some dark horses in the later picks, which could very well be the case here in the Kraken. So I'll go over the list here a little bit. And let's, let's talk a little bit about these guys now. One guy, uh, you and I having our, our Boston ties, and plus this kid, just his numbers are fantastic and his, his skill. Uh, Matthew, a.k.a. Matty Veneers from uh, Hingham, Massachusetts, uh, star on the University of Michigan team, the second pick on the first round. So we had two, two guys, uh, Power and Veneers, both Michigan guys uh, at one and two. So Kraken got the second pick. Center, he's 6'2", 175 pounds. Something tells me he might bulk up a little bit as he gets a little older. He's the first one. Then we also have a guy named Riker Evans, defenseman, who came out in number two. This one's been a little on the controversial side, and we'll get to that. He's, he was most recently with the Regina Pats of the WHL, uh, 5'11", 189 defenseman. Um, he was uh, not on the board. I guess he was, he was on a, an earlier draft. Wasn't expected to be picked up on this one, and uh, but he was. So that was that was kind of out of left field for some. Uh, third third round was Ryan Winterton. Uh, from all that I can see, a solid uh, right wing, 6'2", 175, most recently with the Hamilton Bulldogs of the uh, Ontario Hockey League. Uh, next up was defenseman in the fourth round, uh, Vile Otavainen uh, from Finland, played with uh, Team JYP in the SM Liga. Uh, 6'5", 221. That's a big fella. Big finish guy uh, on defense. Fourth round. Fifth round was right wing Jacob Melanson. Uh, 5'11", 190. He was with uh, Katie Bathurst of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Then uh, a little bit of a mystery guy we've been kind of wondering about. Uh, although interesting, uh, interesting little uh, uh, news has come about this guy. Goaltender picked in the sixth round. Semyon. And I could, I'm sorry, Semyon, if I'm butchering your name, Diazovoy, Diazovoy, uh, 6'2", 169, uh, played a little bit in the KHL in Russia. And um, seventh round left wing, Justin Janicki, uh, who was uh, part of the national team development program, most recently played with Dubuque in the uh, USHL, six feet, 185, left winger. Um, you know, uh, Everybody loves the Matthew Veneers pick, and how can you not? Uh, I guess the biggest question is, you know, how soon is he going to come out of college? Is he going to play right away in the pros, or is he going to have to wait a year or two for him? Uh, and then a lot of people like thinking the Riker Evans pick was a little weird. Uh, and then, you know, obviously a, a mix of uh, uh, opinions. My, you know, I don't look at – I look a little bit at junior leagues. I mean, I knew who Veneers was right away. Uh, not as involved, you know, not as uh, familiar with a lot of these guys until they start to get picked. And then I jump in and, you know, do all kinds of research on them. To me, it seemed like all solid picks. Jim, you have any thoughts on any of these guys and, and the Riker Evans controversy? I'm probably over dramatizing that one, but it does seem to be a lot of people are like having a little raising an eyebrow at that one. No, no, totally. So, Beneers, I am a huge fan of veneers going back to u17 u18 us program 
Um, Hingham Mass Boy uh, comes from a, one of my hockey faves going through the 90s. Tony Monty was born and raised there. This guy, he's the whole package. Offense, defense. He's got a lot of energy in his step. His feet are always moving. He sees the ice exceptionally well. He has incredible edge work. He's super good at the fast transition game. He knows exactly what to do the minute it turns from O to D and back and forth. He knows his responsible positioning. He plays in traffic really well. He's a pass first mentality. More importantly, when you watch him skate, uh, Jamie, who's a buddy of yours and mine, Chris, we're talking about him uh, on Wednesday, of all things, when we were at the expansion draft. And he's watched him a lot. And he has a lot of Barzell in him. So that's really cool. If you watch his play, and I'm sure Lou will agree, there's a lot of Barzy in that guy. And how can you go wrong with that? In fact, I think he's a little quicker on the step than Barzell. And he might be a little better defensively. So that's huge. Now, as far as when he's going to play, nobody knows, right? It seems like the right thing to do is just have patience here and let him get at least a year of school down like McAvoy did with the Bruins. But I don't see him doing a whole lot of school. He's going to get a job right away. He's going to be a top six center with the Seattle Kraken no matter what. So you might as well go out and buy your jerseys, people. This guy is, is really good. He's a show for sure. And there's no guarantees. They never said if I think they're trying to influence them to consider a contract right now. So who knows? Could see him maybe one more year with Michigan. I, I was thinking of the Charlie McAvoy situation. He said, you know, he kind of did one more year and then you know, joined the Bruins at the tail end of, uh, of that season of his first year that he played. Right. Maybe see that in this case. It'll be interesting to see. We'll have to find out soon. And I'll quickly go through the others. The Riker Evans situation. Yeah, it all caught all of us off guard. They drafted him for a reason. They know more than we do. They know what they wanted. The biggest thing I can say about Riker is he's a re-entry. So that always looks good on the seasoning end. You know, they've seen what they like. He's a total Apple machine. He's an assist guy. Uh, this guy pulled 30 minutes a game at some point. So that tells you he can pull it, which is impressive. Uh, he's a power play specialist. He needs to work on his uh, plus minus play, but that has a lot to do with the club you're on. He did come from uh, Katie Bathurst, am I correct? Yes. Uh, so that's a good, that's a well-coached hockey program there for a few years now. Uh, great skater. Uh, off the puck, he's a great, smart player. No, I'm sorry. No, he, uh, Riker was with Regina. Oh, that's right. Regina, I'm sorry. Uh, with the yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Regina. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Also a good program. Yeah. <laughs> so great skater. He was an off-the-board pick, obviously. Uh, experts were puzzled. A lot of them... Th- said maybe third round at best so there you go just maybe just because we do have some listeners who were still learning the game and everything can you talk a little bit about what re-entry is so what does it mean was that he was on the draft last year and then you can't be on like how does that work he was eligible at 18 didn't get picked um there are some benefits to that but obviously the Kraken scouts were looking at him that's another thing this was all you know video scouting throughout the year no matter what for the last two years technically they saw something they liked he's a good player and they grabbed him second. That must mean they must see something we're not seeing. We will see. Uh, Winterton, keep those centers coming. I, I thought we would draft center heavy, uh, even more so than we did. Uh, Ontario kid, decent size. He's going to fill out. He's, I guess he's creative with the puck, works hard in the corners, hard worker overall. Apparently, he has an incredible shot. They love the scouts, love his shot. Uh, that's always a good thing. He was always projected an NHL type player. Uh, so that's good news. 
Vili Otavainen finish. Oh, big boy, geez. He chewed your like a football guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at 18 and he's that size. That's insane, isn't it? Oh, man. So stay-at-home D-type. You got to have them on the club for sure, right? On your parents' finish league last year. Apparently, he's a, at this time, he could be a good AHL project for the first couple of seasoning years here. Played with the OHL Kitchener Rangers 19 and 20. He's equal OD, offense, defense. So this is a good, this is a good player to have. Melanson, Nova Scotia kid. His stature brings him in to look kind of like a thick, thick, shorter, smaller frame kid. Could be pretty tough. Played in the QMJ Ramparts. That's the Acadia Bathers right. Titan kid. He played the power play his, uh, last year. Uh, he's, he's a plus player. Sounds like he's a no-nonsense physical guy. So why not? Um, the Semyon Yazovoy, whatever we're going to go with, I'm not sure. <laughs> I did a lot of research on this guy. I couldn't find anything. I'm just going to trust, and apparently Lute's got some good stuff Lute's about him. Lute's got to found an interesting tidbit on yeah. it. We'll, we'll share Lute, that in a little bit. Lute's our deep diver. He's good at it. Uh, so we'll let Lute go on that. Uh, number seven, Justin Janik, he'll on the U.S. program with, in 17-18 with uh, Beneers. So that's, there's, you can't go wrong there, U.S. program, playing in the same club as Beneers. Uh, he's got good speed, good hand skill, hand skill, or hand, or pardon me, hand skills, can be a little bit questionable. I think he's more of a physical corner worker, uh, muck it up, maybe a three, four liner guy or an energy line guy um, from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Uh, so you can't go wrong there. So I think it was a reasonable day, but everybody wants to come back and point to Riker Evans. I guess we'll have to see on that. He's either going to be a farm boy his whole life or he's going to step up and fill the role when some guys maybe get injured or he's going to have a really good camp and he's going to make the club. Yeah. He'll have the same opportunity as all these other guys. And uh, you know, many, many star future stars or past stars rather of the NHL have started with. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we're hoping the best for Riker and Maddie Beniers. We're, we're all really looking forward to, and hopefully we get some surprises, you know, this is just like any draft that no guarantees like of anything, but there's no guarantees, particularly on draft picks uh we'll just have to wait and see and some of these guys will end up uh in the ahl and the palm springs team eventually and uh but hopefully we'll see them in seattle cracking uniforms at least some of them uh in the not too distant future um of course we have uh just before that two days prior we had the expansion draft and we've kind of gone over all that in our big marathon broadcast but uh, it was interesting the trades we did i did mention the vtac vanacek uh trade that just happened today uh, largely because of the Grubauer signing. Uh, also, they traded Curtis McDermott to Colorado for a fourth round pick in 2023. And they traded Tyler Pitlick almost immediately. Right? <laughs> I feel like it was, was that a day or two after the expansion draft. Traded him to the Calgary Flames for a fourth round pick in 2022. So they all these like fourth and second rounders uh, gathering picks, which uh, can mean just more draft picks, or you use them for some uh, trade bait. You know? I think the funny, funniest tweet I saw about Pitlick was somebody said almost instantly, man, it was like he was just here yesterday. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We, we hardly, uh, th thanks. I'm seeing all these. Thank you, VTech Vanacek. Thank you for what? You're sitting at your home for the last week. Great, man. Whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, we wish them all well, for sure. Uh, that was, uh, that was, you know, it's been an interesting time. We're going to have some interesting times, uh, you know, in the coming days, and no doubt uh, plenty to talk about. There are other pickups and moves uh, on our next broadcast. Uh, as we uh, promised, uh, we'll be having our, our, our man, Luke Chelios, joining us in just a minute. He uh, does a lot of deep diving on a lot of stories, human interest stories, 
uh, interesting little tidbits about the different players and uh, maybe some rumors. So he's coming up in a little bit, but before we get to that, want to mention the Angry Beaver, our favorite hockey bar at 8412 Greenwood Avenue North, uh, one of our sponsors of the Kraken Fancast, uh, Seattle's best and uh, first hockey bar, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned it is. Maybe it wasn't the first, but uh, one that everyone knows here. It is. It's to us. The Angry Beaver uh, up in Greenwood. Um, watch all your hockey uh, up there, folks. And uh, we thank them for their uh, patronage of this podcast. You gotta keep them separated. Luke Chelios. We've got stories about Jaden Schwartz and Adam Larson and Russians and Alexiak and oh my God, there's a whole mess of stuff. Brother, what do you got for us today? Well, thank you, Chris and Jim. You guys are doing a great job talking hockey about uh, Seattle history and our new team. It's like Christmas week. This is four days have just gone by. The expansion draft, two days of entry draft. And today, a whole day, stay-at-home day, watching TSN and NHL Network live talking hockey for 10 hours straight. We made waves in the NHL today off of the Puget Sound. And uh, there's there's some great stories. I don't even know where to begin. I've got a list of stuff here, but I could just ramble off some stuff here. So Chelios has a great story to start off with. And we're going to go with the goalie, Philip Grubauer. Woke up this morning hoping that he'd get about $5, 6000000 million from the Colorado Avalanche. This team has been the favorite to win the cup the last couple of years. Well, by this afternoon, Ron Francis made a bigger pitch, six years, $5.9 million deal, and he stole the third best goalie in the NHL today from the mighty Colorado Avalanche. Just an amazing opportunity. And the first thing that the fans were sending me messages, I was all over Twitter, I was all over our Facebook groups, Kraken Fancast on Facebook, Kraken Fan Hub, over 11,000 fans talking about Vitek Vanacek and what's going to happen with him. Well, here's a great story. This guy, Vitek Vanacek, was drafted out of Czechoslovakia, came to Washington, and who was in front of him but Philip Grubauer at the Capitals for five years. So Vitek Vanacek all of a sudden got a chance to play in the NHL last year at 25 years old, first year in the NHL. And he had a little bit of a tough playoff game. Ovechkin yelled at him in an overtime game, and he never saw the ice again in the playoffs. He gets drafted the other day by our Kraken, and he thinks he's going to have a shot at number one. Well, this afternoon, he gets a text and says, you know what? Philip Grubauer is in front of you again as a number one in front of you in Seattle. And all of a sudden, we send him back to Washington where he belongs. So Philip Grubauer, good on you for out playing and out you know, outperforming this Vitek Vanacek guy. He's now our number one, Philip Grubauer from Germany, turning 30 this year, signed for six years. My next story is about the next free agent we signed today, Jaden Schwartz. Just this guy, when he was on the free agent list about four or five months ago, he was the first guy that popped up to me that I want this guy from St. Louis. They were a Winnipeg Jets killer a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Jaden Schwartz. 26 games, 20 points in the playoffs, lists the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. And from there on, life has been pretty tough for Jaden. This past fall, uh, back in Saskatchewan, uh, pretty young guy, 30 years old, 
lost his father to a sudden heart attack back in Saskatchewan. You know, it was a tough year for him after that. And uh, today on NHL Network and TSN, he told the world that he's happy to come to Seattle because it's a special place in his heart. Jaden Schwartz has gone through a lot of stuff in his life. How many people lose an older sister that's playing college hockey to cancer at the age of 20 years old? Well, Jaden Schwartz lost his sister, Mandy, and uh, he's been playing for her for 10 years now in, in the NHL. The story is that she was flown out from the East Coast to Seattle to the specialists in cancer field in, in uh, Seattle here. Jaden visited her in hospitals a few times, and uh, he fell in love with Seattle because these doctors gave her life for longer than they expected. Unfortunately, Mandy died, and uh, Jaden Schwartz goes back to Wilcox, Saskatchewan, the place that uh, Brad Richards went to Notre Dame High School in Saskatchewan, where uh, Jaden grew up. He has a special tournament for the girls hockey, the top teams across Canada gather every year now for 10 years straight for the Mandy Schwartz um, hockey tournament. And my brother, Dave, shout out to him up in Canada, took the best Winnipeg girls hockey team several times to the tournament and met Jaden Schwartz in person. Says the guy's just a, a type of guy that you want to raise as a kid. And uh, he actually is a pretty good hockey player too. Stanley Cup winner in the past. He fell in love with Seattle, and now he's coming here to start restart his career after a tough year, and he's going to be closer to Saskatchewan to his mom, who's now, uh, you know, left uh, alone without her, her daughter and her husband. So Jaden Schwartz is closer to Saskatchewan. Just a great pickup today, five-year deal. Another guy that's coming to Seattle also lost his father back in Sweden a couple of years ago, Adam Larson. These guys are full of character. You're making millions of dollars playing hockey in North America. And uh, he lost his dad back in Sweden a couple of years ago. It was very tough on him. This was shortly after the Taylor, Taylor Hall one-for-one one deal. So Adam Larson had a lot of pressure on him in Edmonton. He's signed for, uh, what, four years at $4 million. Just a fantastic contract to come to the Kraken. So a couple guys that are going to uh, bind together as teammates and buddies. and uh, Get a fresh start here on the Puget Sound on the ocean side of Washington. Next story I'm going to go into, Jamie Oleksiak. He's not even the most popular Oleksiak in Canada now or yet alone in North America. His sister Penny got her sixth Olympic medal in swimming for Canada today. She's now the most famous Olympic athlete, summer athlete in Canada. Little sister Penny is uh, making big Jamie, six foot seven, 255 pound brother, very, very proud. So it's quite a family we have in the Alexiacs. And I'm sure she'll come to Seattle, show off her Olympic medals, possibly to the Kraken fans at some point after an amazing second run at the Summer Olympics. Next, we're gonna move on to the entry draft was Friday and Saturday. The Kraken were lucky enough to get that second pick that Jim and uh, Chris were talking about in the lottery ball selection. Originally, we had the third pick. We moved up to two, and we got the young Jonathan Taves, Matthew Barzell, two-way center Iceman. This guy is just hungry for the puck, and he can actually outskate big six-foot-five defense along the board, squeak through, and take the puck to the net. Lots of highlight films on him. He's an incredible story. Anybody from the East Coast knows that Cornell is a famous college for engineering. Well, his mom and dad met there at Cornell. 
family is very, very focused on education and athletics. Matthew Beneers is a pre-med student at Michigan this year. When he went to the World Championships in Latvia, he took his books along and he was studying in between practices and hockey games as he's a pre-med student in dermatology. And someday after hockey, if he doesn't become an NHL scout or a management guy like Ron Francis, we'll probably get into medicine and uh, dermatology. So just a great pick. Where's number 10 for the USA um, under 18 team? Played the World Championships at 18. The only other guy that did that was Owen Power. The number one pick for Michigan is Buddy from Michigan. And uh, he's going to probably wear number 10 in Seattle. So that's possible future jersey for all you fans out there that, that are uh, looking for that next star player and want to buy a Kraken jersey when they come out in September. And, uh, you know, we're not promoting any of that Chinese junk, that's for sure. So wait till September when the real jerseys come out and support the NHL, not that uh, ship that comes in from, uh, you know, way over there across the seas. The entry draft was full of a lot of intrigue. It was a tough year for scouts. A lot of teams traded picks away because they weren't sure of, if they wanted all their picks. And yet the Carolina Hurricanes were trading back and ending up with probably two for one picks and uh, had a lot of picks. So it depends where you're drafting and what you thought of. The Kraken took this Riker Evans out of Regina. His coach is John Paddock, former NHL coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He's put together a pretty good program in Regina. And uh, one thing I noticed about our Kraken team, we have 21 Canadians out of about 35 guys now. Riker Evans is a Canadian out of the junior draft. Jaden Schwartz, another Saskatchewan kid uh, we picked up in free agency today. Ron Francis loves those Canadian kids, and that's not a bad thing because most Kraken fans around here have gone up to Canada to watch the NHL up in Vancouver. So we all know a team needs a lot of Canadians, a lot of good Americans, and, uh, you know, the odd Czech or Russian but the guys we like are the Swedes. We've got three Swedish players now. Kelly Yarncroft, Adam Larson, and now Alexander Wenberg. Big, young, 6'2", 200-pound center from Florida. He's probably going to move up to that top six role like Jim noted with his ice time. And uh, just a great two-way player as well. So uh, center ice position is going to really be a battle at training camp. And if Matty Beneers shows up, he, he could push for a second, third-line role but you're not going to rush a kid that uh, can go to Michigan and uh, continue his studies and possibly win an NCAA title with six, seven first round draft picks there playing for Mel Pearson. Uh, that's the school that Kyle Connor went to Jacob Truba. They used to play for red Berenson who retired former NHL uh, great player. Now Mel Pearson's taken over that Michigan team, pretty powerful. So shout out to Kevin Worth, Michigan hockey and football fan. I told him I'd mention him on our podcast. We are also excited about Semyon Vyazovoy. I think it's a little bit of uh, Vasilevsky and Ovechkin in one name, Vyazovoy. Um, this kid is 6'2", 170. He's a goalie. As long as you're 6'2 or bigger, if you put on some pounds, you're going to be an NHL goalie. Semyon trains in the offseason with Andrei Vasilevsky in Russia. And his coach during the year, Got him to the under-16s, under-17s, and the under-18 Russian team. No further than Andrei Vasilevsky's dad. So Vasilevsky got to the NHL from his dad training and teaching him goaltending. And this next kid, Semyon Vyazovoy, 
he's going to be training with Vasilevsky in the offseason and his dad for a couple of years. So watch for that guy in a couple of years. We took a really interesting kid out of Hamilton. This guy played on a top line a year ago at 16, turning 17, with Archer Kaliev. Kaliev is a future star with the LA Kings. A lot of video on him. Ryan Winterton, 6'2", going to probably be a 200-pound center once he fills out. This kid was the eighth overall Bantam draft in Ontario a couple of years ago. So this kid is a real sleeper in the third round. A guy I watched at the under-18s, and uh, he took ice time away from T-Bird star Connor Roulette. Winterton pushed up with Wyatt Johnson and uh, went pretty high in the draft for a guy that only played seven games in a tournament this last year. He did a Zoom call with NHL Network. The kid's full of a lot of confidence. He knows what he's got to work on, but he said he's really happy that the Kraken scouted it the last couple of years and gave him a chance in the third round because this kid, just watching some video, I can see him playing in a couple of years once he puts on a couple of 20, 30 pounds or at least a great hockey player in Palm Springs once we open up there. So some great stories about Schwartz and Adam Larson, the Alexiak family, Philip Grubauer, and a lot of our draft picks. So you never, uh, you never know what type of player you, that we're drafting. There's lots of stories about him. And uh, the final story, seventh-round pick, Justin Janicki, comes from Notre Dame family. His dad played there. His brother Trevor plays out of the uh, US 18 program, a couple of years at Notre Dame. He's joining his brother there. Um, so Justin Janicki, has got a great start at Notre Dame. We'll be able to watch him on Big Ten TV the next year or two. And uh, that's it. Kraken did an amazing job building this team today. Ronnie Francis isn't done yet. He's got $15 million of cap space. Got to sign a couple of guys like Vince Dunn, uh, Cole Lind, Alex True, Morgan Geeky. They need contracts. And uh, we've got the goaltending set for the next three to five years with Rieger and Grubauer. What a day. I'm coming down from a four-day Christmas week full of uh, excitement about this team more than ever. And uh, we thank you fans for joining us. We had over 500 people view us live at the Angry Beaver last week. We're glad you're joining us. And make sure you share this podcast with your cracking friends. Once again, we're worldwide. Friends in Germany, Finland, Sweden, the UK, Australia, even up in Nome, Alaska. We're pretty proud of that. This is a fantastic opportunity to bring Canadian fans to our podcast. They're kind of sick of the Habs and the uh, Leafs and the Bruins out east. We've got a lot of fans coming in from the East Coast of Canada and Eastern U.S. We're looking for a fresh new team, and we got that team for you now. We have a team of 30-plus players with some draft picks. You know who we are, our coach is, and we're ready to roll in training camp. So bring it on in September, and we're going to be ready to roll. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is we had a fan today named our big defensive unit, a special name called the Seawall. Just love it. Our big defensemen are going to set up a seawall in front of Grubauer. We're going to be a defensive machine with Dave Haxtell coaching. So love this team. Thanks, Chris and Jim. Great day to talk hockey, even though it's in July. Absolutely. Why not? Hockey's it. Hockey all year round, baby. All right. Thanks so much, Lute. All right. That does it for another edition of the Kraken FanCast. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and the Kraken FanCast YouTube channel. Please subscribe to all our pages. You can also find us at uh, Kraken Fancast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, I'm Chris Porter. Thanks to Jim Cockrell, Lucellios, and our producer, Jay Middleton. 
We'll be back with another episode of Kraken Fancast real soon. And as always, go Kraken! Go Kraken! Go Kraken. Kraken.